You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is the first episode after episode 200, so thank you to everyone who was a part of the special Q&A episode last week, and we're doing another special one this week. It's another in-person conversation, and the majority of my conversations are over Zoom. Obviously, the first year or so of me podcasting, it was all in person. But yeah, I haven't done an in-person conversation for a little while, and this is with my friend, Jenna. Now, joining myself and Jenna is Megan, and we speak about Jenna's experience through breast cancer. So she is a breast cancer survivor, and she found that video games, especially The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, really helped her get through these times, especially as while she was going through this, we were in the COVID lockdowns. So Jenna was dealing with a lot at that time, but she's very open and honest about it and has a great humour about the whole thing. So although this conversation does centre around quite a dark topic, obviously being cancer, the actual conversation itself is quite light in a lot of ways and is really interesting. Jenna tells us about her experiences, what it actually feels like having cancer and going through chemotherapy and radiotherapy, things like that, and obviously how video game helped her through it. So I won't delve into any more in this intro, but make sure you check out the show notes for additional information, including links to certain things that Jenna has spoken about. And without further adieu i give you jenna welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton i'm here today with two individuals uh, one of which is obviously my fiance megan so everyone knows her Hello. excited when megan's here but also a friend of ours, uh, Jenna. Hello. So Jenna has been, we've been friends for a decade or so, I guess. We, basically, our, fr- our mutual friends went to festivals and parties. Yeah. And, and so mainly saw my cousin and then through that. And so we've known each other for ages. And but the thing that bound us was... <laughs> the dog. It was, no, no, no. It was, pre, it was just oh, before the lockdown. You. It was just before the lockdown. I was doing afternoon tea for my mum. <laughs> yeah. And then I put on Facebook, does anyone have any spare, like... Tupperware like baking Cake kits, tins? yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Jenna came to my rescue. I was like, oh yeah, uh, and I think I can also, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you can also fill it with cakes as well and return it, and then that will be great. Yeah, <laughs> and then it happened, and, and it did happen. There was there's um was it? scones scones involved. That was amazing. Yeah, but it was funny because I'd only met you once at a festival, and then <laughs> Mike came with me, and I was like, I have no idea who this person is. Yeah, it was the greatest of meetings. It wasn't like a like deep and meaningful chat. It was just so. Oh, this is Megan and this is Jenna. Yeah. Yeah, so it's one of those. And so we know each other for a while and then obviously COVID hit. But what actually happened to you, Jenna, before that is something that you actually messaged me about the other day. I was surprised. Um, you messaged <laughs> me and it was like, oh, I could come to your podcast and talk about this. And it was cancer and gaming. Yeah. Um, which is not something people would initially connect to, but you mentioned something that you posted on Reddit um, about uh, Legend of Zelda and stuff. So it's going to be a really fun conversation to kind of delve into that. So starting off with this, before we delve into cancer and stuff like that, <laughs> gaming itself... How long have you been into video games? Into what capacity and stuff have you enjoyed? Because oh. I know you're a big Zelda fan. But. I, yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of people play games. Uh, like my sister's boyfriends that yeah. have, you know. So for years, we haven't had an actual gaming console. Uh, my first one was a GameCube. Nice. nice. That's, a good, that's a good console. Um, Love a GameCube. Super it, Mario Sunshine, Super Smash Bros, Mario Kart. It was also a silver limited edition one. Mm. I did make the mistake of taking it around to a friend's house because we were, I think we he had more games, so we were going to play some more and then forgot to bring it home and then they were students and left Southampton. And oh, so, nice. it, so somewhere there is a, 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 yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> silver GameCube, I miss you and I do think of you often. <laughs> it's funny how like having a limited edition games console is a flex like i'm the same because i've got i've got the pikachu limited edition n64 oh so like i'm like uh, we have two n64s in the house because obviously when mike and i got together we just and i'm like yeah but if we sell one it has to be yours because my one's the limited yeah, edition my one's the actual special one. <laughs> yeah. so I've it's like, cheeks flash when you turn yeah. it on I've, I've got a wii u that's a legend of zelda wind waker one. Oh. so the gamepad has got like the zelda markings all around oh. it and the triforce which i'm very <laughs> and they go, i want you to get rid of it i was like how dare you it's my limited edition wii u but you're gonna play it again that is not the point we've never played i the sat wii. there and i was like can i justify buying the new oled 
Switch model for the Tears of the King Tears of the Kingdom and I was just like no I can't yeah. <laughs> because you're already buying the Amiibo to go with it yep. and then you brought the game that's enough and then I was like oh yeah I also need a pro controller because I'm not spending 700 plus hours on t- Tears of the Kingdom not without with yeah with, with just those Joy-Cons no yeah. way am I yeah. doing that because you played um, during Covid things especially you were mm. starting to get more into video games was that like your video game renaissance Yes, well, I, I found I found an Xbox uh, in the street. I love the store; it's great. Um, and it was just laying there, and I was like, "Okay, right, I don't really want to touch it. I'll see if it's still there when I get back from shopping." Uh, it was. So as we went past with a trolley, I just picked it up, put it in the trolley, and we thought, "Right, we'll deal with that when we get home." Just so no <laughs> one stops me going, "What are you doing? Picking up a random Xbox, random Xbox in the street?" Um, took it home. I took it apart and. Um, with a little bit of cajoling from another £14 off of eBay Xbox, I put two Xboxes together and made one work. <laughs> so one pieces were so cool. broken from one part and you put it in the other. That's very clever. Yes. You open them up, everything, the screwdrivers and stuff, didn't yes. you? Yes, 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 I did. Mechanic. That was, yeah. That, that's one thing I love to do is take things apart and then hopefully put them back together again and they work. Okay, no touching my podcasting. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I will not. I will not. We let you uh, look after Willow and then you come around and start undoing everything. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to take your laptop and your toaster. It's like I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a flight of the Concours. I've combined your, I made your camera phone and you just glued a disposable camera to the back of his Nokia. He's like, well, you kind of ruined my camera. And my phone. <laughs> Reminds me that I still need to watch like the concourse. <sighs> I thought I, I thought you'd be the kind of person who had. <laughs> no, so I made the reference. No, because such a good show. Clara said it before. My sister said it before. Mm. She's like, you will love it. It's only like, like six mm. or eight episodes a season. There's only two seasons. And like mm. half an hour. <sighs> yeah, you can blitz it like an afternoon. They're great. I'm gonna have to add it to the list of things that I need to the watch. The eternal <laughs> list that everyone has. Yeah, it's an eternal so, list. So it was during COVID that you put together um, an Xbox. Yes. And start playing stuff on that. Yes, and just sort of. It was a good outlet for being frustrated, not being able to go out, not being able to do things. Um, and yeah, I, I think I actually I borrowed some games off of you, which I still possibly I think one have. of them was Rayman, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was Rayman and um, my then nine-year-old friend's daughter came round and could play it and I couldn't. So I was like, no, you can have that back now. I can't play that. So I was showed up by a nine-year-old. So I was like, no, maybe that's not my game. Um, I think COVID did that to a lot of people because the abundance of time, like with you, for example, you played Mario games and stuff when you were younger. Yeah. And then like when... Covid happened and stuff, and I heard about the new Animal Crossing game coming out. I ordered oh, yeah, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing yeah. I told you about that. What did I? I, yeah. I bought Animal Crossing like two days before we went into lockdown. Yeah, and then it, was, it was the digital version, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and it was like the best decision that I could have yeah. possibly you, you made. Like, you, am I going to enjoy this game? Because like, I'd, wa- I'd, I'd watched people play Animal Crossing, and we I was did like, a podcast well, on this, didn't we? During yeah. Covid, talking about, <laughs> about Animal Crossing. I was just like, what the fuck are people doing? Like, it's just like going around, like. Fishing. No, but I can remember seeing bugs. your post on Facebook when you said um, that you'd finished part one of your fish compendiums or something. I've now found everything, and I was just like, "Damn I've, it!" I, I collected. Haven't. I collected. All, <laughs> I had a five star island rating, and I also collected every single fossil in the game. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that these come up on my memories now, obviously, <laughs> and like lockdown happened. What it was like March twenty third of March twenty twenty. 23 20, no, years ago do you know when I collected all of the fossils it came from my memories recently May it only took me two months and it feels like I, I spent over 180 hours on this game and you, you played it for a little bit after that but that was around the time you were declining because you started to you almost completed it yeah because of the fucking chards I couldn't catch this one particular fish there's only a time of year that you could catch it at a time oh, of night yeah, it yeah, a yeah. type of river yeah. that was going in a certain way yeah it had to yeah. be at a high point in a river where there oh, was didn't lots it have to be current. raining as well or yeah something, something fucking ridiculous. ridiculous yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah. <laughs> Animal Crossing. So the man got Megan into it, and then when she was playing Animal Crossing and stuff, I was like, "Oh, you could play Spyro and a bit of these other games, and learning more." So I did, yeah, I played Spyro, like, platformy sort of stuff, as well as. Mario and then my mum and my brother got me The Witcher Three, and they also got me Breath of the Wild. They got uh, and, like we played Breath of the Wild together. We played Breath of the Wild together. The Witcher was for me, and then The Witcher I got really into. That's what got you into gaming. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's got you still really. on the list for me. It's so it's the greatest, good. Well, Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy is next after. So fucking So yeah, Hogwarts. So after I finished playing The Witcher three, I was like, all I want to do is play a game that's like this. I was yeah. like, what game is like this? And Mike was like, well, there 
There isn't one. There's, one <laughs> there's yeah, one Skyrim like... that's got like the similar gameplay in certain ways, but the story and the voice acting is not the same. There's other ones which have got really good story, but the gameplay. Yeah, I was right. like, I want this, this, and this in my game, and <laughs> yeah. Mike was like. That's The Witcher. Like, <laughs> there are there are no other games that are exactly the same. That's as why this. people like it so much. And I did start to play Red Dead Two, but I didn't really get into you got, it. You did one session, and then, and then I, 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 yeah, and then I never really played it. And then Hogwarts Legacy came out, which obviously I knew I was going to play because I love Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, but right. Hogwarts Legacy is very similar to The Witcher 3 in everything that I wanted from a game. Oh, okay, um, cool. So it's it's really fun. It's got enough RPG, wholeheartedly got enough recommend. Action, got enough story, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so with that, so you're playing Xbox and you getting into stuff like that and then you you bought a Switch then after that. Uh, that so how did was, the wild stuff kind of all happen? So uh, that was, that the Switch coincided with uh, that was the cancer fairy gave me that. Right, I see. Okay. Uh, right. So that was so, the di- di- after the diagnosis. So do you want to tell us um, basically what kind of cancer you got and how you found out you had it and the kind of... And when. Yeah, when and like the steps <laughs> off. Uh, yeah. So I I think that I had the cancer um, longer than... than uh, you had it diagnosed. Yes, basically. Um, I was... <laughs> I was with my sister's dog, Lola who had, for the umpteenth time, pushed the ball underneath the sofa. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, I've got to go get it out again. So I literally reached my arm underneath the sofa and scooped it with my arm out and realised, no, that's that's, that's a pain in that underneath my arm. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I went to the doctors and they were like, oh, uh, yeah, that doesn't seem to be right. We'll send you off for for tests and everything. Um, And it came back that I had... Invasive ductal cancer. Yeah, invasive ductal cancer. Mm. Um, It was HR negative. Uh, yeah, I might have to double check what the actual official document is. I'll put it in the show notes specifically. Yes. um, But... Yeah. So you went into the doctors, you got a diagnosis and stuff because you felt you had to felt After you felt the pain, like how long did it take you to get a diagnosis? Oh, um, as soon as I said that I felt a lump, they were like, okay, we'll bring you in because mm. this was, this was just, we hadn't gone into lockdown, just about to go into lockdown, I think. No, because it was the December. So we must have already been, I think that's what it was. I was mostly like, right, just get on with doing this, you know, isolation thing and staying at home. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, went to the doctor's. It was very quick from when I said that I had a lump to then getting the appointment. Mm. Um, they insisted that I come in and actually physically get an exam rather than being like, oh, yes, let's take a photo and send it in like they did during lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was within two weeks I was seen um, at... It was like a triage clinic for oh. um, for people that... Suspect, uh, suspected lumps and bumps that they needed, okay. you know, scans and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was at the lady hospital. Right. Princess Anne. Princess That's Anne. it. Princess That's Anne, it. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Princess Anne Hospital. And um, yeah, I I knew that it was serious when the, the doctor that examined me, even before I had any ultrasounds, said... Right, so you're going to want to think about um, preserving eggs and fertility if this is cancer. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> you haven't given me the results yet. Like, And that's what made me think, okay, no, this this is something serious. Yeah, yeah I see. Um, and then it was the 20... Yeah, it was the 23rd of December. The doctor phoned and went... Oh, I didn't want to didn't want to make you worry over over Christmas. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it is it is breast cancer. But don't worry, like we'll get you in in January, and um, we will do chemotherapy, and you know the doctor will explain it all. And um, but yeah. So you say it was after Christmas? No, no just before Christmas. Two days before Christmas. And he said he didn't want to make you worry, but then didn't want to make me worry over Christmas. Oh, so he gave you the results. So he gave me the results right, before Christmas. But then I was like, okay, worrying. I kind of maybe wanted one Christmas where I didn't have to know. Yeah, it'd be one thing if you didn't have cancer. It was like, I didn't want to make you worry, you don't have cancer. But then that made me worry more because I was like, obviously it's serious because they're phoning me up. They're not waiting for an appointment. They're phoning me up and going, no, we need to get you in. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, but it's something that it runs in my family. My ca- my family is riddled with cancer um, on both sides. Uh, both female sides have breast cancer. Um, we did, uh, they, they did the genetic testing on me as well to see if I had the BRCA gene, but I don't. Right. But I reckon that there is a gene that is yet to be discovered that runs through um, yeah. our family because it, the coincidence of the amounts of cancers and, and the types of cancers in both sides is just ridiculous. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it was a case of who's going to get it first. Right, I see. So, yeah. Yeah. I maybe thought it was going to be my mum being the older person, yeah. but, you know, it just happened to be me. <laughs> Yeah, and then from there, so then you started your treatment in January. How long did you have chemo for? Uh, so it's January 2021. Yes. Yeah. So very strange time. Um, yeah, I had six rounds of chemotherapy. Uh, it was uh, ECT chemotherapy, which I was like, hang on, that's electric convulsive therapy. <laughs> um, but it wasn't. Um, there was some evil red stuff for three weeks. Oh. Um, well, for three uh, infusions. How often did you actually have these uh, sessions? How far apart were they? Uh, you would have it would be on a three weekly schedule. Mm. So you would have your infusions. Then I would have to do a injection the next day. Take steroids and loads of anti sickness tablets, um, and then you would have th- yeah three weeks of getting over that. Right. And then you would go back for for another another round. So eighteen odd weeks of it, plus the few weeks after that you felt the effects for. So you're Christ. dealing with that for like basically uh, twenty two, twenty four weeks. Yeah, so it, five six months. Yeah, it it felt very strange to be in that situation, um, and it felt like ages as well. And you you just sit there and they've got you hooked up to an IV drip, and you just wait for the infusion. Yeah, you basically for well, hours because it was because it was COVID. Um, we were at the Spire Hospital, so the private hospital, because yeah. they wanted to keep us separate because we were obviously um, compromised immune systems with the with the uh, chemotherapy. Yeah, um, yeah, brain fogging. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where it's also such a strange time, and I know that when you're going through the therapy. He gives you all these strange symptoms and stuff. Like, what, what if going in there, I assume, it, did it hurt when you hooked up the IV? They had to, yeah, it was a, it was, the infusion itself was done over a, a designated period of time. The first three that I had, um, they had to be done by a nurse who would sit in there. And I, I could feel it going, it's, it's an incredibly weird sensation. If you've ever had a, a CT or an MRI and had to have a contrast run through. Right. Um, you can feel the coldness of it because it's it's not the same temperature as your body. So oh. you feel it go through your veins and oh. up your arm. Um, and then when they flush the the cannula the cannula that you've got, they'll yes cannula. Anyway, when they flush it um, with the saline, you can taste the saline at the back of your mouth as well. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So you're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, at least I know it's working. So, yeah, yeah, they're not in the wrong place. So Wow. Yeah. That's weird. And that just makes you feel like absolute shit for the weeks subsequent, doesn't it? Like exhausted and discomfort, I assume, like pain, like can't get comfy. um, It completely drains your batteries. There is is no energy in, in you whatsoever. Like getting out of bed to go to the toilet, you then have to sleep for four hours yeah. <laughs> to regain your strength. I mean, it, I mean, I completely understood what it was doing in order to break those cancer cells down and, and attack them. But it was, it felt brutal, <laughs> felt brutal. It's like a carpet ball of your system, really, to try and get the cancer. That's kind of the equivalent of what chemo does. It's just like, yeah, attacks everything. And then here's some drugs that's hopefully going to help the stuff that's not being attacked. Yeah. And then, but then it could also hurt other things in your yeah, body. And it does often. And yeah. So the, yeah, it's. And did you have, did you know you had any pre existing conditions when you were diagnosed with cancer? Um, I had recently, um, in the same year, been diagnosed with fibromyalgia as well. I thought it was that, but yeah. So that... <laughs> tiredness or tiredness. Yes. It, it... <laughs> exhaustion on exhaustion. Yeah. I, I, it, I think that if it, in a way, 
I was quite used to that tiredness, that yeah. that not having the energy, that not knowing what you're going to wake up to. So the cancer treatment itself, but kind of sim- similar fe- similar feelings of not being not having enough energy and body aches. I mean, one of the symptoms of the side effects from the chemo was it felt like someone was sitting on my chest. Mm. It was the the injection the next day after the infusion was to kickstart my system back into producing whatever it was supposed to that they'd killed off with the infusion. Mm. And that 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 was the trigger of having to take the steroids and then being oh yeah. Wanting to eat, but you have absolutely no appetite and you have no idea what you want to eat because mm. you can't taste things mm. the same as before. I mean I know in COVID you certain cases of COVID you lose your sense of taste. Um, but it's it's it you don't lose your complete sense of taste. It's just everything changes slightly. Mm. It's like your taste buds are drunk right. and they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> so you're told to avoid foods that you would usually eat because you if you eat your favourite food during chemo, you run the risk of never being able to eat that favourite food again. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, there are, um, there are meals that I can't eat now because I had them during chemotherapy and... I don't know whether my body is is just going, no, no, it remembers, hang on, no, 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 don't eat that. All right, it associates it with the... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's mental. So I hadn't really thought about that, but I know one of the things with cancer and especially chemotherapy is one loses their appetite a lot of the time. And the problem Mm. with that is that it happened with my dad. It happened with my granddad and my nan. They don't want to eat because they don't want to eat they eat less and then that makes them weaker and then yeah. the chemo gets worse and it's just this negative feedback loop so it's like a yeah. really unpleasant thing so explaining it like that's even more interesting it makes even more sense as to why it affects people like it does yeah i mean because like my my brain was like right you need to eat food you need to keep your energy up because you're fighting this like you you need to keep going but that that sense of oh i'm hungry or i need to eat food it's it's not a revulsion, but it's you can't find something that will satisfy your like crazy. It must be like a pregnancy craving type thing. You need to find the correct thing mm. to eat because otherwise you feel like you're going to throw it off. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. On top of everything else, and then like the psychological, you know, worries as well with going through something like that, like having like obviously every day yeah. being reminded of what it is that you're going through, and knowing that once you feel slightly better. They're going to put another lot in your arm, and you're going to have to go through all over again. Yeah. And so after you, with the um, we go through the chemo and all that sort of stuff, you kind of came out after the twenty odd week treatment of it all. And then once that all kind of, once you stopped having treatment, did it say that you're in the clear? Did you then have to go to radiotherapy? What was the kind of journey after chemo? Yeah. Well, they decided to do the chemotherapy first to try and shrink the cancer. Yeah. Um, so then when they went in with surgery, they would have to do less invasive surgery. Yeah. And then I wouldn't have to have like major reconstruction or anything. What um, stage were you at? Because obviously I know strange. that stage four is the, like, yeah. the bad stage. See, that, was, that was strange because I asked my oncologist. I said, I said, you know, okay, so what stage am I at? You know, because that's what everyone says is like stage, you know, two, three, four. Mm. Um, and she was like, oh, we don't do it by that. And I was like, yeah, but everyone's going to ask me what stage I'm at. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you're kind of like on the border between two and three. And I was like, okay, thanks. I'm stage two and a half. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Oh, um, okay. Uh, it wasn't, it, it was bordering, it was bordering on growing faster, but it wasn't growing fast enough to be a stage three, but yeah. it wasn't quite a stage two. Yeah. <laughs> So it they, had the potential. Yes. It had the potential. So you had chemotherapy, they adjusted uh, your medication and those sort of things, and then did mm. they do the surgery? Yes. Yeah. Um, they, uh, she was very, my oncologist was very surprised at how well their chemotherapy worked. Uh, she was pleasantly surprised. It was great. Nice big smile on her face, which made me happy. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so then we went for surgery. So I had a... Uh, what do they call it? A lumpectomy, and I had my lymph nodes. I had about twenty lymph nodes taken from underneath my arm. Um, they then put. They then obviously send everything out for testing to see. That's when. That's the point when they know what stage the cancer is, right. when they can officially send it off to a lab. When it's not. When it's not still in your body, they don't want to tell you what it is. They want you to wait until they send it off. Um, 
I've lost my train of thought now. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we were talking about like after, say, cut you open the other oh, surgery. Oh, yeah, surgery, they yeah. T- they took what they could out and then sent it off. Yeah. And then brought you. Sent them then off and they said the uh, that there was still cancer remaining in 12 of the 20 lymph nodes. Mm. So they were still concerned about that because that was kind of the seat of the cancer. Um, the there was a very small lump. I think it was only um, four millimeters, four to five millimeters wow. in diameter that they had to take out of the side of my my breast. Um, and yeah, then they were like, "Oh yeah, well we'll also send you for some radiotherapy as well." And I was like, "Do you know what? Just just throw it all in. May may as well. You know, you know I've had the chemo. So yeah, then I had. I think it was." 32 sessions of radiotherapy and that was um every every weekday oh wow um every weekday for i think it was about a month and a half maybe two months yeah um so that was a uh, luckily i managed to get patient patient transport because otherwise i wouldn't have been able to get to the hospital for quarter past seven in the morning um, how long did the how long <clears throat> were you there at the hospital for for the radiotherapy? That was an issue in itself because of the surgery. I couldn't lift my arms above my head to sit in the position that was required to have the radiotherapy. But I there was no suitable pain medication available, so I just just had to just lay there. So most of the time when I was having radiotherapy, I was crying Aww. because it was an incredibly you have to have your arms above your head. You, you're supported your entire body, but it's a very unnatural, natural position that you have to stay in. And there is this machine that is incredibly close to you, moving around you. Um, yeah. You know, vibrating or something, or like what's the? It was like an MRI sort of thing, but super close and loud, invasive. Because I don't know anything about radiotherapy. You have to know the specific um, things. But what are you gonna, is it like a machine going round you to make it well, the weird, the, the weird thing is I was laying in the machine, um, and it's happened a couple of times in different machines. <laughs> and I look up and I'm like, hang on a minute, that's an Xbox logo. And I'm like, are they playing an Xbox in there? <laughs> but it, it, it's to do with this certain type of technology in an Xbox, which is also used in medical devices. Hmm, right. And so I wasn't seeing things as I was seeing this like little X logo on things. It's, they use the same technology. Wow. And they work with, um, it was a big massive Siemens machine that they put me in. Um, I have a photo actually. I can share it with you. Oh, amazing. That's really cool. Of me. <laughs> so you have to stand there. Do you, so you're laying down, you're, you're stood up. Yeah. You're laying down, um, and you're supported like underneath your legs. They, uh, I, they have tattooed, um, in preparation for radiotherapy, you get placement tattoos. Um, so, so a man just came up to him and was like, I'm just going to give you a tattoo. And I was like, okay. Um, and he literally just pokes you with a needle with a bit of, it's a very, very old school tattooing, pokes you with a needle with a bit of, um, uh, ink in it. And that's it. But that's how they can tell exactly where the machine is because they only want to radiate the cancer. Mm. Yep. Because they run the risk of uh, damaging both the top of your lung, which I think they have done because my breathing is different. I mean, I know I'm a smoker as well, um, but yeah, that that was strange because the effects of that as well. Uh, I mean, even now, if I if I sit in with a seatbelt across my my shoulder, it will create a very strange bruise on my um, collarbone. Oh. And I think that it, it's a leftover effect of the radio mm. radiotherapy and the radiation and how my skin's still affected. Wow. Mm. But That's mad. Yeah. And with the radiotherapy, how long have you been there for, for each session? Oh, um, it felt like hours, but it was probably only about eight minutes at a time which also eight, eight minutes yeah which every al- single day yeah which also was quite annoying because you knew that it was such a short amount of time 7 45 in the morning yeah so so you'd turn up and you'd be like wow. okay right it's like 8 15 or like i think the earliest one i had was like 7 15 7 30 in the morning luckily patient transport was there because otherwise there was no hope of getting a bus yeah. There yeah, yeah, at that point um and 
yeah, you'd turn up and it would, it would take you longer to get undressed and into the gown and then back out of the gown than it would you, you were actually in there for. That's nuts. I didn't realise it was so short. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I knew chemo was like uh, an hour or a couple hours, but radiotherapy. It, it, it works through its programme. It's, it's, it's very very computing-like. <laughs> so, yeah, it works through its little programme um, and it moves it, it moves all, like they type it all in, into it. Um, it was 37.5 centimetres away from me. Right. Um, because, because at some point they were, they were shouting out different measurements and I was like, that one's always 37.5. I said, I don't know what it is, but that one's always 37.5. So yeah, by the end of it, you, you, you're, you're very used to it and it, you're, you know, you know the, the, the nurses that are doing it as well. So, and this, the kind of the same with, um, the chemo as well, but that was just because I was wearing my sparkly dog mines. Oh, and nice. so they were like, oh, it's her. You've got to come see these shoes. And like all the nurses would be like, oh, your shoes are amazing. I was like, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so they all knew that it was me when I would always come in in my chemo boots. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you did, you did the radiotherapy and then did they have to do surgery on you again to check out the... No, um, I get, I regularly, as in on uh, Wednesday, actually, I have to go get an MRI. But yeah, they did an MRI and a mammogram to double check that they had mopped it all up yep. and that it wasn't existing anymore. Um, if they would have found anything, then they probably would have done a biopsy of whatever they would have found just to check. Um, but luckily, touch wood. There was nothing there, um, and hopefully on Wednesday there will also be nothing there. <laughs> and is it like after you're cancer-free, it's like, right, yeah, first you have to check every couple of months, then every longer, and then a sp- longer span of time Yeah, to so um, you start on three-monthly appointments of seeing your um, oncologist, and they will won't necessarily scan you, but if there's anything to worry about, you bring it up, and then you get a yearly mammogram and a yearly MRI. So it, it checks, you know boobies first and then they check the rest of your uh, I, I, I suspect they're checking my lymphatic system just with the lymph node involvement just to check that there's nothing mm. you know hiding but they do warn you that they can <laughs> there can be sleeper cells that want to stay in your body and just be quiet for a while and then they can wake up whenever and develop into cancer but that's the risk that every single person <laughs> walking across the planet has anyway so yeah yeah, it's just mine's a little bit higher than yours. <laughs> Did I, I forgot to ask with radiotherapy, are there any uh, side effects? Because you mentioned about it with radiotherapy, with chemotherapy, but with radiotherapy. Because to chemo, you lose your hair, but you shaved your hair off, didn't you? Um, I don't. Well, I don't. I donated my hair because it was yeah. it was very curly and nearly down to my bum. Um, and I was like, well, somebody has got to get use out of this hair because um, I don't just want to shave it and put it in the bin. So yeah, it went to well, went we to the, the little princesses. Well, Megan didn't shave her head, but yeah, I didn't my shave my head. Well, I did donate <laughs> yeah. my hair to the little princess. Yeah, I yeah. my head twice when I gave it one. Yeah, I got twelve inches from me. Yeah, so they so yeah, they got my hair, but um, it was a bit difficult because my mum's uh, ex hairdresser. Yeah. So she was like, oh, but you can style it like this, and I'm like, it's not going to last that long. I'm going to have chemotherapy, and within. That within three weeks, my hair was was gone. Yeah, like of my first chemotherapy. Yeah. But I mean, I I'm I've never really cared about my hair. It's curly. It lives on my head. I don't see it. <laughs> um, so it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> and to say, I mean, the worst thing was losing the eyebrows. Um, you lose your hair everywhere, don't you? That's yeah, like, you don't have to yeah. upset to the extreme. But <laughs> no. like, you can. You're welcome to if you're willing. It, uh, you get you get surprisingly used to being hairless. Okay. Uh, yeah. And and now now I, I I do not bother to shave my underarm hair. One because one of my underarms doesn't have any feeling, so it's like shaving somebody else's body. It's very strange. <laughs> oh. um, Is that the one that the cats was up? Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't have like for feeling like a lot of feeling underneath there and it runs a little bit down my arm yeah. so I can't feel the back of my arm yeah. um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so radiotherapy you did what were the symptoms of that uh tiredness yeah so I was pretty used to that by the chemotherapy standards so yeah. I kind of yeah it, it it yeah it was another it felt like another knockback yeah. like 
you knew that it was doing what it was supposed to do, but you were like, oh my God, why me? I feel like I've been feeling ill and not being able to do anything for so long. Do you think it was, uh, it's one of those weird things when I spoke to dad about it. It's like when you have whatever the symptoms are that make you knowing you've got it, they're unpleasant, but they don't necessarily feel the worst. But when you do the chemo and the radiotherapy and stuff, the symptoms you often get from the treatment is, is worse <laughs> yeah. than the thing itself, even though the thing yes. can eventually kill you. Yeah. So one of those strange uh, paradoxes, and there's one of those unfortunate truths, which although I'm all for radiotherapy and chemotherapy, obviously, but there are instances where unfortunately people die from basically chemotherapy. Mm. It tries to get rid of it, and it does too much damage to them, and they don't bounce back. And yeah. It's one of those unfortunate truths, but as technology is getting better and things, it is uh, much better in that regard. But Go to something lighter and let's make a one to ask anything specific further mm-hmm. about cancer. It was um, going on to a lighter note, so gaming. Yes. So you went for all of this stuff. That was like a the timeline of your cancer stuff. Was that over the space of a year, year and a half, all in all, kind of from diagnosis to loosely all? Were you in the all clear for the time being? Oh no, they, no, no. It was all done, all done in a year. When so um, I I finished my radiotherapy in sort of the September October time. I yeah. think it was. So it was. Yeah, quite a chunk of that year. Yeah. But and then how did gaming, like, you mentioned it so... So you mentioned the cancer fairy got your switch. Yes. Yeah. Well, the um, <laughs> my stepmom, uh, uh, originally the switch was Animal Crossing. So, because yeah. obviously Cara was playing this already. My sister Cara was playing this already. So it was a chance that she could then come to my island and I could go to hers and, yeah. you know, it, it would keep... Me going I during appointments. Didn't, we never went to each other's islands. No, we didn't. Because no. you get you stopped playing it by the time. Oh yeah, yeah, by, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I was start, already yeah. into Breath of the Wild by yeah, that time. Okay. Um, so for my birthday of that year, um, my stepmom brought me Breath of the Wild. So I I was very much in an animal, animal Crossing bubble at that point in time. So I picked up Breath of the Wild and I I did you know the the Great Plateau. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> now what do I do? <laughs> so I put the game down. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was radiotherapy, which was the, the massive amount of, of tiredness and the being awake that early in the morning because radiotherapy was always first thing in the morning. Yeah. You had to fill the rest of your day with something. So it was gaming. So yes. So 700 plus hours so far. In On Breath, Breath of, of the Wild. Wild. Holy shit, man. Yeah. I am impressive. I am ninety-eight point three seven. Oh you're trying to you're trying to hundred percent it. Well, it t- it told me after I bothered to kill Ganon at the last uh, well, no, I didn't want to complete it. I'd I've done all the I've I've done all the side quests, I've done every like Have you got all the Korok seeds? Yes, I did know yes, <laughs> yes. Of them. fucking Hestu gave me his little poo hat and you can't even fucking wear it. <laughs> yeah. It thing. just sits in your inventory and you're like, I did nine hundred, but knowing that <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom you have a thousand that's what I've read so far. And here's the kingdom as well, the map. You've got the main map, the, oh, yeah, the you've sky got, map, and you've got three. Map, oh my god, three times three. the size. Um, I, so far in Tears of, Tears of a Kingdom, I have yet to find uh, Korok in the depths. Yeah. I think they are just in the sky and on land. I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be missing lots of Koroks in the depths right yeah. now because, you know, there are a lot of them. Yeah. With... With Breath of the Wild, so you obviously put it down and then you picked it up again because of radiotherapy. You got yeah. into it. One thing that Megan really enjoyed about, because we played Breath of the Wild together, because mm. uh, I love Zelda games. I've tried to play as many as I possibly can. I've always yeah. been playing them. Um, we take it in turns. Yeah, normally I would fight big, scary boss and baddies and Megan, during on the way, would like to... Uh, I'd like to ride the animals and kill... I'd like to ride horses and then run into animals and then collect meat. And then start cooking. Is what so I maybe we could go and stuff from me in my inventory and then kill a few so animals here okay. and there. And then okay. I'd go out and feed the, to fight these giant bosses. Like, Megan would fight. Okay, yeah, Mike, Mike would be it. like, okay, it's your turn. And I'd be like, right, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, you're not going to just ride a horse and kill animals. Like, I was like, that's exactly not what I'm just that, do. but she'd like go exploring forests and find loads of fruit and do all the foraging. Yeah. And I'd be like, I want to climb that giant mountain and do a And then I need the Hyrule Compendium. Like, did you take all your photos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we completed that. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. We, we, we got all of the every memory, did the compendium, <laughs> we did all the of the side sword, quests and stuff like that. We just haven't beasts. we just haven't fought Ganon. Literally, if we beat Ganon, we've like. Do you know what you don't? You don't really have to. We've even got like, the special horse. Yeah, we got the, the we special, got special horse. Oh, what the massive horse? Yeah, the white one. The the white one that you have to get at a certain time. Oh of. no! Oh no! I've got her as well. Um, is it? Ah, oh. see, I'm not. 
I'm not as ge- I, I, I don't want to use it geeky in a derogatory term but yeah I don't know the names of every single like you know oh God, law no, we, and history oh, and, no, we don't, I mean like no, we, we don't I, know that at all. I look at the reddits and things like that that's fine yeah I, I can do that but I'm not like oh such and such that can't happen because such and such didn't do that at such and such time I'm yeah. like yeah whatever I mean, just like, play the game just yeah, play like, the game and enjoy like it well. I mean yeah. Zelda is such a it's such a fun game because you can just choose to literally whatever you want in any order <laughs> yeah you we, just like, we like to get horses didn't we, we name them stupid names I, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what our horse's name was Bojack was the name one of was really fucking dumb one of the names and Mike and I were pissing ourselves laughing was, and making it, it and then sense. we went on the game like maybe like a month later and we were like why do we find that so funny <laughs> and then we don't know and and we can't remember what the horse's name was they're the best game. ones though when you're like oh I know it's an in joke between us two but I can't even remember the joke yeah. So, yeah. so anyone would be looking at the horse's name they'd be like oh what's the story behind that and all of us would be like don't I don't know, know. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> we used to into, it was great fun and it's such a fun game because it's so open and freeing and it's also both that and Animal Crossing you know you're basically just running around in the sunshine in the grass and everything like that and oh it's yeah such it's, a it's escapism totally and you you posted on Reddit because you sent me the link and stuff to yeah. a post you put into uh, Zelda and I wonder if you could just elaborate on what the post was uh, what the kind of point you were making with it uh, it was me lamenting the fact that I don't have many people to talk about Zelda with. Um, so it, it, it's a big part of my life and it really helped me through um, cancer. But if I go, to, you know, if I go and have a conversation with my sister about what I've just done in a game, she just looks at me blankly going, yeah, that's great. My <laughs> mum used to be like that because during, I mean, it's not obviously the Zelda for you has like even more of a special meaning, but like... The Witcher 3 got me through a lot and my mum would talk mm. to me about what I'd done. I'd be like, oh yeah, today I did this and this and I went into a cave and I beat some spiders. Yeah. And then she's like, you know, it's a game, right? And I'm uh, like, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yes, it's a game. Or like, I'd be playing Animal Crossing and I'm like, I went fishing today and I caught a whale shark. And she's like, Megan, it's a game. <laughs> but it's it, it means something. It, it, it's like a story, isn't it? Mm. You get invested in the story. It's like reading mm. a book. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I, I love video games. They're so great for that and you should just get... That's why they eat up time. And that's oh, why during COVID yeah. it was so fun playing video games. But now I've got like the new Star Wars game and trying to find time for it because I have to really give it like two or three good hours. Oh, night, yeah. I was like, oh, it's yeah. for an hour. And I was up to like 3.30 yeah. in the morning. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> I mean, during lockdown, yeah. Mike would come in and be like, Megan, you've been playing for seven hours. And I'm like, no, I haven't. And yeah. I'd be, like, yeah. be like, oh, oh no, my God. I'm yeah. like, we, we, we had breakfast, you know, at the sort of, because it was before I was working for <laughs> Megan, when she was working from home, managed to uh, do most of her work in the mornings because the school had it in a certain way just, where yeah, you just the whole, yeah. home learning. So she got all that clear. So by midday, she was done. Hmm. So I was working. I checked, I regularly checked my email. Yeah, you responded okay, to people, okay. I regularly yeah. checked you, my email. But, you know, at the first lockdown especially there wasn't you necessarily have to do as much you have to be ready so you were playing video games to a degree and then it was like these periods of time would go and you'd just be like I'd finish work and I'd do something else go have a shower and come back and I'd be like are you done and I just want more thing it's like you, do you know what like we can spend time together now so I, if I just want to play the game I was like I know you want to play the game you can play it all day I've been playing it that long I was like you haven't even got to the toilet you haven't got to the toilet in like five hours like <laughs> it's all past my, the room I'm working in to go to the toilet you haven't been and then she, she stopped the game like oh, actually yeah I really need to wait <laughs> well it's like that's what I have to do at the moment with uh, Tears of a Kingdom I'm like right okay before you go and do that before you go into the depths or before you you try and take that encampment of Bacoblins or whatever it is you're like right have you done everything you need to do in the day have you done your washing have you been an actual you know human. productive human so far <laughs> you know can you warrant spending a chunk of time on it and I'm usually like yeah I can justify spending <laughs> massive amounts of time it's got you, it also helps because it got you through this time and now you've got this connection to it you know yeah I mean even uh, I, I managed. Well, I found there was several different ca- uh, cancer charities that I found, um, and there was Shine Cancer Support, which deals with uh, cancer in twenties, thirties, and forties. Is that the one that Cara shaved her head for? Yeah, yeah. Um, they we they've just told us that our Shine Camp is going ahead again this year. No. So I've had more people that. I went last year with. I mean, and these are complete strangers. We just have all had cancer. Oh. Okay. Um, and it just so happened that they were like, right, let's go camping. So, oh, that's nice. So we all go down to a big field and there are 
uh, activities you can join or if you're not really up to it that you don't have to um there's food put on and like there's a pizza truck and stuff and you're with people who totally understand if you're not able to do something or if you have an emotional moment or and the families as well the families sit there and the kids whose parents have had cancer are friends with each other and they like they paint rocks together and like yeah it's it's beautiful but also through the shine network um i found gamers beat cancer which is a charity which basically gives people that are affected by cancer um gaming equipment Mm. so i applied and they gave me a xbox one Oh, wow. So I was very thankful for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I now not only have Nintendo, I have Xbox to choose from. So, that's exciting. So, yeah, that's a Dreamlight Valley, like, love fest at the moment. But it's not because Tears of a Kingdom. Yeah, at the moment. That's the... That's the Tears of a Kingdom. That's what you've got, you know. It's funny, you, you got to play Breath of the Wild at the perfect time. But you had a little bit of a break from it. And then suddenly mm. there was a... A lot of other people have played when it first came out, so they've been waiting years. Yeah, they've been waiting a very, very long time. Um, I've only so been waiting for, like a year and a bit. Well, for Breath of the Wild, between the last game that was a full game um, in the same sort of style was Twilight Princess on the Wii. Because mm. the, the Breath of the Wild was advertised for the Wii U initially. It was going to be, oh, it's going to come out when the Wii U comes out. Oh, no, it'll be a bit of a delay, but we've got Wind Waker HD, which is amazing. Um, and they're like, oh, no, we'll just wait, just wait. And then the Switch was announced, and everyone's like, what? And they're like, oh, we're releasing on both. And you're like, Okay, so like yeah. it's almost for a couple several years we had no new Zelda games that were original in that style. Yeah, and then Breath of the Wild came out, which is a massive game. It took ages. You can see why it took so and long. And it was a Fantastic. different. It was a shift in we completely changed the game in industry. style as well. There's so many games now that are sort of copycats. There's that Phoenix Rising. That That's what I was going to say. Have you heard of Phoenix Rising? No, but so maybe I should add that to the list. As well. It wasn't we, we even borrow off. Us to be fair, I haven't played it in a while, so yeah, you, you can borrow it if you want so, to. I have no time at the moment, <laughs> but it's it's basically Breath of the Wild, but with Greek mythology and better combat. Oh, okay, it's really fucking good. It's I funny, I well. was it, well, it is really it's funny. Got the actual proper dialogue. Resume yeah, the I thought. got obsessed with it, and then we moved house, and I haven't touched it since. <laughs> well, Which because now, because you know, if you pick it back up, you'll be lost in it again. Well, it's also that I've forgotten the remote, like the controls. Oh no, so I have to yeah. learn the controls it's quite again. Similar to Breath of the Wild, it like, is very similar to Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, maybe I'll finish Hogwarts Legacy. Well, I've, I have finished Hogwarts Legacy. I want to do all of the rest of the like side bits, but maybe I'll go back to Phoenix Rising. But I wholeheartedly recommend it to you. It's it's considerably cheaper. It wasn't that expensive when I bought it. I think it was only like seventeen pounds. So it rings a bell. It may even yeah. be on Game Pass as well. Could be. It's it's on all consoles. So yeah, it's, I might have, I might have it's really really, finish, really good. If you finished his uh, the kingdom and you want another fix, then because uh, uh, shout out to Chris, he's uh, of Comics Emotion. He recommended it to us, and he said if you like Breath of the Wild, you'll love this. I've been playing oh, cool. it, and it's it's very similar. Tom and Laura also told us about it. Yeah, both of them, and Tom's for the podcast as well. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that I find with video gaming, and even I have it with, and I'm going to say it's the buzzword Star Wars, <laughs> is that. People often judge, like generally people that I'm friends with and podcast with, they're not too judgy about those sort of things because they're, most of them are nerds as well. But a lot of people judge you for wanting to do stuff. And I've come to this conclusion, and it sounds really dark and depressing, but it's like everything is equally meaningless. Like whether or not you watch all of reality TV, you read a thousand books, you understand every concept of uh, philosophy, you know every religion, you've traveled the entire world, like all of these different things, although there's value in different elements of them for different reasons. If you want to play video games for a decent chunk of your time, as long as it doesn't destroy the rest of your life and you can still function as human. It's just your hobby, why, isn't why, it? Why does it make any difference? How is you knowing and spending a lot of time reading, uh, doing Zelda any less bad than someone reading every Tarek Pratchett book? Or, or, someone knowing, or knowing every standards. single flag. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> Being watching, <children>. watching <laughs> all of these soap operas. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or watching every Netflix series or every Marvel thing like I watch or Star Wars. None of it has any more or less value. Mm. And even like sport, like some a lot of sport people are very against nerdy stuff. It's like you're all nerds as well. You're just nerding. Yeah, you're about just a nerding thing. in a different zone. Yeah. You're still like, nerding about yeah, a game yeah. as well. Yeah. It's just you're learning about a game that they're playing. We're nerding about a game that has actual like narrative and investment. <laughs> we're just not watching millionaires play a child's game. We're actually playing the game, we're invested. Yes, they're just so, people in shorts kicking a ball. Yeah. But it links to what you said about the Reddit post, doesn't it? Like mm. you don't have anyone to talk to about that because there's no one that there's no one Oh, apart from you guys, that that play games that understand that it's not just a avoidance tactic. No, it's not just like, escapism. It's not. It's not just that. Like, I mean, there was one of the one of the ladies responded uh, uh, replied to my uh, Reddit post, and she said about the fact that Link starts off like 
naked, <laughs> like naked, yeah. with no hearts, no stamina, no nothing. Freshly. And you have to systematically, <laughs> no yeah, no, no bloody memories and all those fucking Koroks to find. Um, but you have, you have to systematically build yourself back up. And it is that kind of, you need that, re- those little missions you go on. You, you get a reward. You get an endorphin reward from doing that. The brain chemistry. I mean, there's, yeah. there's studies into, into how gaming is actually an effective kind of count, counseling tool and, yeah. you know, way of coping. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I used to play video games all the time in college. There was bonding with friends. There was like escapism. Mm. I loved, I got into like certain mythologies. It's also good for students with autism. We've got yeah. a special provision at work for, students with like more challenging needs yeah and they have like an xbox and stuff down there so that when they're having a moment they can use it as a way to de-stress and like centralize themselves and rebalance their like aura so to speak (laughs) yeah yeah but they're quite the static of life i find like you've always got this buzz of static whether it's you know taxes where you're living animals career social situations all these things when you play video games or i find when you watch a really good movie especially tv series yeah as well but movies i get it it's a good movie especially in the cinema or play a video game or get immersed in a book just the static and the noise of everything else you have to think about all the time. You've got like 10 things going on your head all at once. It just kind of melts away. It just kind of... It turns nice the block. volume down on them slightly. Yeah. And you just get to focus on like one thing that if you fail at, it doesn't actually make any difference. There's no pressure. And that's yeah. one of the things I love about Star Wars is that I can spend as much time as I want getting into Star Wars. And if I spend ages doing it or not so much doing it, it doesn't really matter. I can mm. choose how much. Whereas like education, some of the ways that I struggled was there was a time limit. And I'm not one of those, like, if I get oh, I can't deal with the history, time I can't just know this one event. I need to know all the connecting stuff around it, even if it's not relevant. And I have that Yes, I have to have well. context for everything in my life. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, even in maths, when I learn things, I'm always asking questions and teachers will think, I'm not before these questions <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But it's like, I want to know. It's even when working in the insurance, I have been. I ask lots of questions, even if it's not directly to do with the thing I'm asking about, like the claim I'm dealing with. I ask about all these things around it, and there's a pressure. You have to know all these things. When it's like a hobby, it's video games or anything like that. There's just no pressure. It's just you. Yeah. You just have fun. You can just take do... So if you're playing you invest as much time into it as you want, don't you? If you want to know the ins and outs of the names of every single fucking temple that there is... Yeah. Then that's your prerogative and that's something that you enjoy. Yeah, but then you can also Zelda Dungeon. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, well but then you can also just ride around on a horse and kill some animals. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom, though, isn't it? You can go out there and you can be like, hey, I'm playing Zelda today. And Zelda's a perfect example, which is not dissimilar, where you could be like, I just want to have a day where I just go and farm stuff and I just make loads of things <laughs> and I do all I the quests and about shoot that. stuff. Or I just yeah. want to ride into the distance and go yeah. to this place I've never been before. Just, just like... want to find annoying Koroks. Yeah. That, that is very addictive. The Koroks are the, the thing that pissed me off the most. About I was that. really good at finding Mike. Uh, Mike was so annoying <laughs> because he'd be like, it would be my turn and he'd be like, Go to the top of that mountain. And I'm like, I don't... Like po- poles it'll be like poles and mountains. And is like there the a random of... object that shouldn't be there? Climb it. Yeah, a massive yes. fucking tree in the middle of nowhere. And he'd <laughs> be like... That. He's like, climb the tree. And I'm like, I don't want to climb the tree. And he's like, but it's the only tree around here. That's weird. It's out of place. Yeah. And he was like, climb the tree. And I'm like, there's not going to be a Korok seed up here, Mike. And then I'd climb the tree and there'd be a fucking Korok seed. And I'm just like, oh! I'm like... It was just like 99% of the time Mike was right about where these goddamn Korok seeds were and I was just like oh, it's so annoying. You, just, you get an affi- if you There's found so enough of them you get an affinity yeah. with what, how to recognise yeah. they'd be like oh there's some stones things. over there yeah, there's a and pile- white stone's missing and there's a pile of leaves there I wonder what's underneath that pile of leaves I wonder if I've got to throw something that will make that burn on top yeah it's, it's such a fun game Zelda they have they have um, slightly tweaked the, the Koroks in Tears of a Kingdom as well yeah. so it's okay and have like, you been enjoying Tears of a Kingdom would you say it more because there's so many more mechanics of creativity I know from the trailers we've seen oh, it's, it's fucking over, overwhelming when yeah, you when, when you get there because you're like okay this is not just one game this is three games in and one even the first one was overwhelming but I mean I, I like it because I, I played um uh, I played a bit of Sky with Sword. Oh, yeah, that was the one since Twilight Princess. Sorry, it's Twilight Princess and Sky with Sword then. And, Twi- and Twilight Princess. Yeah. Um, like, so I'm kind of used to being like doing the flying thing. Yeah. And then I'm not so used to in Tears of a Kingdom when you have to dive and dive really fast because I don't. Because he's got like a little board, hasn't he? Oh, no, you have, a, you have that anyway, don't you? It's, it's when you go to, from that. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, so, you yeah, so you, you're, yeah you've got oh, your got paraglider. You. Um, but when you dive off, um, yeah, there's, there's certain shrines where you have to follow a diving path down in, at a certain time limit, a 30 second time limit. And you, you're just like, 
this feels really wrong. I am plummeting to the earth at like <laughs> excess speed. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So yeah, that's one of the shrines I have yet to complete. Would you never do skydiving then? Um, I'd love to go skydiving. I've, I've done it. It's incredible. I would love to go skydiving. It's not like anything else. But Terrifying. I would not like to go link skydiving. Yeah, you have to do a hundred bouts of jumps before we can do solo. But oh yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's not like anything else. But yeah, sorry to steal the spotlight there. Just <laughs> no, like um, just to let you guys know. But yeah, it's, I love those games. I love the action adventure. I love the style of them all, and I just think they're such an incredible thing, especially for people you know, either like yourself or like if you're COVID or just an escape from the stresses of work and life and stuff. Mm. Like gaming is so amazing. And so when amazing. you have a game that you're excited to play, it's just such a nice. Like when I was playing Hogwarts Legacy, because I've finished it now, I've like lost a bit of steam. I've lost a bit of steam to like want to go and play it. Yeah. But I would like come home from work and be like, right, I'm going to play the Hogwarts Legacy for an hour. And then Mike would come down he's like, <laughs> can we hang out now? And I'm like, just, just let me do this one thing. It's not to look forward to it. Just let me do this one thing. Just let me do this one thing. Yeah, just, just, just one more. Just, just let me talk more. to Sebastian, Mike. Let me talk to Sebastian. And I'm like, if you talk to him, it's going to start up a new quest and you know you're going to want to go and do that. <laughs> but it's nothing to look forward to. And that's what I find when I explain back to the, the word uh, Star Wars is... Oh, three I, times. I always like it's... <laughs> I've always got something... Obviously, I look forward to seeing Megan and Willow and all that sort of jazz, but it's a different kind of thing. It's like, at the end of each day, I get to consume some sort of Star Wars content. I get to read my book or comics or whatever. And it's just this little thing where I just... People ask me a lot of time, why do you only read Star Wars? I do read bits and pieces of other stuff, but it's just like, I get so much enjoyment and serotonin just from doing that. And just like with you playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild so much, it's like, but you enjoy that and you get happiness from it, so you should be able to do that. Yeah. So just... Do All those like. happy chemicals. It is written on my massive whiteboard that, you know, do not apologise for enjoying things that you love. Like, 100%. As long as it's not murder. It does say underneath it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as long as, not as, long else. as it's <laughs> not murder. Yeah. That's, that's a good little thing to live by. Uh, but is there any... I've got nothing down about the charity shine and things, and you've mm. obviously taken us through the uh, cancer story and about the meaning of... Uh, video gaming and uh, Legend of Zelda specifically. Is there anything else you kind of want to mention before we uh, wrap this up? Um, I don't don't think so. It doesn't have to be. It's just it's just <laughs> is, it, it's out, coming, so. is it coming up to two years that you've been in remission? Uh, th- yeah, so and it was in diagnosed in twenty twenty, treated in twenty twenty one. Yeah, so coming up to two years. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it's exciting. So yeah, get to have a nice little MRI where they tell when you have the MRI they put the contrast in. And um, it makes you feel like you peed yourself. Oh, okay. um, so it's a very strange sensation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm getting used to it. Is <laughs> uh, there anything else you want to say to anyone um, about either video gaming or cats or anything else? Just to sign this off. Uh, no, I'd just like to say a big thank you to you and for letting me come on and talk about it. Yeah. So what I want to do is, is, <laughs> is, is wanting to. Let people know these experiences. I find it so interesting because obviously, well, my dad passed away from cancer, and my uh, nan as well, and there's just other people we know. Obviously, both my grandparents. Yeah. It's it, it's, it's going to be a part it's of like Bake Off. We were the stand up to cancer Bake Off, and it reminds yeah. you. And it's one like one in two people. It's like yeah. that was yeah. quite annoying because yes, that was uh, over when I was diagnosed, and I was like, yes, I'm currently going through that. Can you shut up, yeah, please? Yeah, I have like a pass so I can just skip through all the cancer stuff. Yes. I've said that with Megan. I'm like, I just whenever it happens, Mike. Me, we like, mute like, it and then we wait for it to go. I, 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 I have to. I mean, uh, mum's at home uh, watching the Sarah Beanie um, episode on cancer. I, yeah. I can't. I, I, I lived it. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see somebody else be affected that that much by something yeah. that I lived through. Exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a dark enough thing that you've lived through, so you don't need to experience it again necessarily. But yeah, just thank you so much for coming on and being so honest. It's been so interesting hearing about all the different elements of what one can go through. Uh, obviously, different cancers, different things, and it's like mm-hmm. everyone's their own unique experience. But thank you so much for sharing it with us. It's been delightful, and I'm glad that you found gaming and stuff. And uh, but you're looking forward to signing this off and going to play Tears of the Kingdom. That is exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do now. When, so I get, when, you, when you come over to look after, so Jenna is like number one dog sitter. Yeah, she lives and, like, <laughs> yeah, and, and, so. and Willow fucking loves Jenna. Like <laughs> it surprised me how much Willow went nuts when you came over today. Um, but, I'm a dog excited. What can I say? <laughs> dog it's when you come over and you play Breath of the Wild on our big TV. <laughs> <gasps> it's amazing. <laughs> But yeah, just thank you. It's been delightful speaking with you. And well, we'll continue to talk to you when I hang up this, but it's just our audience are saying goodbye. So uh, thanks again, Jenna. You've been goodbye. fantastic. Thank you. <laughs>
And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, details in the description are for the Shine Charity Organization, as well as Gamers Beat Cancer, as Jenna mentioned. And also, if you want to hear more about people's video gaming experiences, especially through COVID, you can listen to Megan's, which we touched upon in this very conversation, back in episode 87 of Genuine Chit Chat. Now, Jenna doesn't have any social media or anything like that, so there's no way for any of you to really get into contact her aside from through me. So if there are any messages you'd like to pass on to Jenna, just contact myself on social media or email me and I'll pass on any messages you may have for her. But this was an absolutely incredible conversation. I'm so thrilled that Jenna reached out to me to have this conversation because I've been wanting to speak with someone who's gone through cancer for quite a while now, but obviously making contact with someone to try and ask that is quite a personal thing and may be considered quite invasive. So just another hats off to Jenna for being an amazing person. So what else is going on and what else can you expect from me? Well, I've done a few guest spots or pods that haven't really been on this feed. So the first one was Star Wars Rebels Reviewed, episode two. I think I may have posted this on this feed anyway, but you can watch the video version of that on YouTube. And then we are recording the third episode for that in the coming week. So that will be out in the next few weeks. As I said, we're trying to get through all four seasons of Star Wars Rebels before Ahsoka and to have the fourth episode of Rebels Reviewed out before then as well. So keep an eye out for those. In addition to that, I recently appeared on Star Wars Timeline. I got on Star timeline from time to time ben there is amazing and we talk about ahsoka so we speak about ahsoka from her time in the clone wars to rebels to mandalorian and what we expect from the ahsoka series in addition to that i was also a judge on an episode of comics on trial where tony farina and scott weatherly debated indiana jones kingdom of the crystal skull comics on trial is a format that hasn't been active for a year or two on the feed of comics in motion but in essence it's a courtroom style drama where two people take opposite stances on an issue and a judge has to make a decision so if you want to hear the outcome of that make sure you listen to it on the podcast feed of comics in motion or watch the full video version on youtube at youtube.com slash genuine chit chat then what's going on with me going forward? So I've actually recorded three and a half hours worth of podcasting conversations with my friend Matt. We are launching a new series called Hot Takes and the first episode or the first two episodes really is just going to be an introduction to Matt. He's an Australian gentleman so we talk about the differences in Australia and the UK as well as elements of his life, his traveling. He lived in like a Swiss commune for a while. He trekked around America for like three months doing hikes. It was insane. So we talk about all those sort of things and then we also speak about Elon Musk in one of the episodes because he is a figure that has been surrounded by controversy and Matt is someone who follows Elon Musk's career. So it's quite interesting having someone following his career and giving us a little bit more insight into Elon Musk as well as some of the reasons why some people view him negatively as well as billionaires, those sorts of things. So that's what you can expect going forward. I don't think I'm going to drop all three of those episodes consecutively because that is a lot of me and Matt talking. So I imagine what I'll do is release the first two episodes which are kind of linking in with him and Australia and stuff in subsequent weeks. Then potentially after that, Rebels reviewed episode three, and then maybe the Elon Musk conversation. I'm not overly sure. It just kind of depends on what other things I get recorded over the next couple of weeks. I do have plans for a few things, but I can let you know once I've got those in the bag. So those are generally the things I'm up to at the moment. There's also a Disney discussion that's going to be recorded in the next month or two, as well as obviously my show, Star Wars Comics in Canon, where you can get all kinds of stuff to do with Star Wars there. And you never have to have read a single Star Wars comic or book or watched all the animated series or anything like that at all. If you enjoy Star Wars in any capacity, even if you just see the films, then my podcast is perfect for you. Even if you've never picked up the comic before in your entire life, I go through the plot details so you don't have to, so you get the broad strokes of what's going on in the comics, as well as a lot of trivia and bonus information along the way. so please check that out and please i'm trying to do another big push for people to subscribe to me at youtube.com slash genuine chit chat the views on the videos are quite nice but there's not that many subscribers probably because the lack of niche with my content but please subscribe to that if you can and obviously make sure you check out the variety of playlists there every episode of Star Wars comics and canon is on there every episode of genuine chit chat is on there and also there's video versions of the vast majority of genuine chit chat episodes as well so please consider checking that out now if you want to support the show you can do it in a variety of ways you can leave a review on apple Podcasts on good pods or on audible you can leave a rating on spotify and if you do any of those things make sure you screenshot yourself doing that send me either on social media or via email the screenshot of you giving that review or that rating and i'll send you a free episode of afterthoughts you can choose which one or say i just fancy listening to something about this or that and i will send it your way so try and get those reviews out it really does help the show out and uh, i'll give you something in return as well so please do that if you want to support the show beyond just reviews and things obviously you can share on social media and tell your friends about 
about it, but the best way to support is financially. So you can either give a one-off donation at coffee, so that's ko-fi.com slash genuine chit chat. You can give as little as one pound, you can give more than that. If you give even just one pound, I will send you a couple of episodes of Afterthoughts, which is the Patreon exclusive review show that myself and Megan do. And the more you donate on coffee is the more episodes you will get. Or you can choose to subscribe to my Patreon, where you can give as little as one pound a month. And if you subscribe to the Patreon feed, you'll get immediate access to every episode of Afterthoughts via the exclusive RSS feed that is on there. So you can listen to that in the Patreon app, or you can put the RSS feed in a podcast app of your choice. My one of choice is Podcast Addict. I really like that app, but uh, you can choose however you desire. So if you want to support the show financially, please consider going to either Coffee or Patreon. It means the absolute world to me for any of you who are willing to do that. But again, you can support the show in a variety of other ways, as I have described. You can follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. I'm also now on TikTok, posting a few clips here and there of stuff I do post on other sites, but also a few exclusive things. So you can follow me on there as well if you so desire. And you can subscribe to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter, which is where myself and a lot of like minded individuals, a lot of them are associated with comics in motion. We basically just give a very small summary of what we've been up to that week. So there's guest spots we've featured on, there's new episodes of stuff, there's content that's coming out. It's not all podcasting related, but it is fairly podcast centric. So if you want to subscribe to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter to avoid having to follow me on all the social media places and keep up to date with all that stuff, please go to pccnewsletter.com. A link is in the description. But friends, I think that's enough from me. So thank you so much for listening as always. I do apologize if in the outro you could hear some drilling because literally for the last like four hours, one of my neighbors has been drilling and there is no opportune moment to be able to record. So uh, apologies if you can hear that in the background. But thank you so much for listening as always, my friends. I'll speak to you next week, likely with the first episode of my conversation with Matt. I imagine I'll release a part one of that. So if you want to hear part one and part two in one go, you just go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. You get access to full unsplit episodes over there earlier than anyone else gets them, as well as all the Afterthoughts episodes, as well as some other bonus content as well. But uh, thank you so much, friends, for listening as always. I appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way to the very end. And I'll speak to you next week, likely with my conversation with Matt. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.